Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I have one of my favorite people on the internet, Lee Asher, he is, I'm like a huge fan. I didn't tell him that ahead of time. Lee is living with 11 dogs, traveling in a school bus and teaching people or helping people to understand how important it is for animals to get adopted. He is currently building an animal sanctuary. He is my hero and I was so thrilled to be able to talk to him. So enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Lee. It's so great to have you on here today. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I first uh, started following you on Instagram because I had seen your YouTube video where you rescued your German shepherd who had been, I guess, was in a shelter and was over very overweight. And you just took that on to help him. Was it? He's a boy? Yeah. Yeah. Tom, help him Tony. lose... Tony, 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 uh, Tony two-toned. Two-toned, right, right, oh my gosh. Right, right behind me on the couch, yeah. Yeah, and I just totally fell in love with your mission and all you're doing. So can you just backtrack a little bit and and start talking about like, how did you first, did you, were you just always an animal lover? How did you fall in love with animals and how did you decide that this was going to become your path of rescuing animals? Yeah, absolutely. Always an animal lover. From a very, very young age, that's where it all started. Just truly, like, obsessed. I, I, I have cringing memories of when I was a child of, like, when we would walk, drive past the dog and I would cry because my dad wouldn't pull over so I could pet the dog. Like, oh, always just so obsessed with animals. Uh, I grew up with, you know, I was told that I had uh, severe learning disabilities, like extremely bad ADD. I, I, I just couldn't concentrate in school. And, um, I got bull- bullied just a lot for it because I was in these special classes and they made it very clear, you know, to separate the classes and separate the kids. And I, I ended up, you know, running away from school quite often. And one day I, when I ran away, there was an animal shelter, you know, within a mile from the, the school. And I went to the animal shelter and I started going there like every day. And just sitting with the dogs, and it really started there. I just built this beautiful bond with them, and I, I was just so confused as to why these animals, why these dogs were in cages. You know, they were all so nice and so so amazing, and 
I felt safe with them, you know? And then just that kind of became my thing. I just always felt better and safer with animals. And I used to promise them as a kid, I never knew I would be doing what I'm doing today, but I knew I would, I would do something with animals. I used to promise them as a kid, you know, just at 12, 13, I was like, one day I'm going to make so much money and I'm going to save all of you. And I, I learned that you didn't have to make a lot of money to do that. I, it was the opposite. You know, as I got older, I, I was stuck in kind of the corporate job and always just reflecting and evaluating my life. And one day I just had this, are we allowed to use profanity on this or not? Oh yeah. Oh, totally. One day I just like, fuck it. You know, like, I just want to do exactly what I want to do with my life. I really just said, I'm going to die anyways. Why don't I just live my fucking life exactly how I want to? And I literally just that day quit my job without knowing what I was going to do, but I quit my job. It, 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 like as soon as I quit my job, these videos of me on online started going viral and photos of my dogs. Cause at that time I, I should have said this. Sorry. I, I had six dogs at that time. I was always fostering dogs and adopting dogs and even cats, fostering cats all the time. So I was like, try, I was going to work with my dogs and I was getting in trouble for it. And I was like, what can I do where I'm with my dogs all the time and also make people happy? And I started the Asher house. That's amazing. I, I think yeah. so many people can really learn from that, that yeah, life is short and we can find our calling, our path, if we're really clear and sometimes it's about being clear about what we don't want to do, like being stuck in a corporate job. If yeah. you know, some people like corporate jobs, but many probably don't, and they wish they could be doing something else. I mean, I was in physical therapy for many years, and I would see people who had strokes and whatnot, and almost always, it was so interesting, they had had them within months of retiring, and you know, had worked so hard and kind of put mm. off delayed happiness delayed yeah. travel, delayed, like, you know, just living life to its fullest. Right. And then they retire and something terrible happens. And it's, it just taught me early on, like, don't delay anything. You're not guaranteed anything. And, and in and, fact, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're, you're really just hitting on, not to interrupt you. I, no, I, go if, ahead. If I may, you know, the whole thing about life is short and, and you should live what you want to, you know, do what you want to do and live the life the way you want to. What people need to understand and constantly keep in mind is that you really don't... Re life is short if you live to old age is short. It can be way shorter. <laughs> I mean, it could be fucking gone. You know, you don't know. We have all of this stuff that's going, going on inside of our body that you need all this, you know, equipment, MRI, X-ray to see. You're not seeing it every day. Anything, you know, it's... It, look, when you get a pimple... You immediately look at the pimple and you treat it, right? But if you didn't see it, you, you, you wouldn't touch it. So you don't imagine if you get a pimple, what's always happening inside of us. We need to constantly be feeding our soul with goodness, with love. And the best way to feed your soul with that is literally to exude it, to give it. That's why the art of living is giving. It's not about the things. It's what you give to the universe. And when you, it's just sorry to, but you triggered me in a good way. When you say life is short, it's like, man, you know, especially this generation, the whole life is short thing. It's short if you live to 70, 80, even 90. You know, I, I hear my grandfather who's just turned 92 last August. He, he says it, it just feels like yesterday when he was a sheriff, you know, at 25 years old. 
And I'm like, man, it's short. That it's like it's short now. Tomorrow is not promised. Why waste your time? And I mean, I understand that the the answer to why is the fear, right? Like you, we start taking on what people have children. It's like I can't just do this. I have children. I understand that. Like a lot of times, people they have this kind of image, or better yet, a movie in their head about in order for them to be happy, this is what they would have to do. But then they say, I can't do that because I have this. So if that's the story you're telling yourself, you're basically, you're, you have yourself set up for failure. You have to create a different story, create a, write another movie, you know, for your own self. And I, and I just wish, I, I really do wish, especially with seeing how people are reacting to 2020, how people are reacting to it. I truly wish people were just happier. Like, I, I really do. I went snowboarding yesterday and I was on the chairlift and I was sitting next to uh, these two guys. And I'm not very talkative on the chairlift because I really, when I'm snowboarding, that's my time to just like zone out and escape. Like I love it so much. It's my meditation. And I'm not very tough, but I hear this one guy starts conversation sitting the guy next to me. And he's like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm in the Air Force. The guy was like, oh, wow, what's that like? He, and he just goes, man, I have the greatest life ever. I, I get to travel. I get to do this. I, I fly the jet that I dreamed of flying when I was a kid. And, and I took my headphones off and I said, man, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is so beautiful to hear you say that. Just I haven't heard someone say that in such a long time. And I just want you to know, I didn't tell him what I do and that I'm living that way as well. Right. I just, I was just like, I just, I was like, I don't know if anyone has told you this, but I'm truly just proud of you. Like I am proud of you and you're, you're, you're awesome. And, and thank you for what you do. And you could tell he was just like, I just wish more people were saying this stuff. You know, I just wish more people were happier and doing what they wanted to do. It's just, it's really sorry for my rant, but I, I, I just truly like, no, whatever it is, especially so many people who see me do what I do, you know, are constantly reminding me they wish they could do it. Right. And it's like, you don't have to do it the same way I did or do it the exact same way. A lot of people saw what I did and now they're fucking doing it. I'm like, fantastic do do it but do something live your life man live it because uh, there's of course of course if we know when it's when it's going to end of course we're going to say i wish i would have done this i wish i would have done that and imagine having the power not over anyone but yourself knowing that if you were if you only had a few minutes left to live imagine not having regret imagine how beautiful and peaceful that that next destination would go to you know and that, and that's what I think it's all about. I totally agree. And I, and you said it like fear is a motherfucker. Fear is really the biggest roadblock for people. Sure. And I, my own story, I, I haven't had too much fear, fortunately, but when I, um, before I was married to my husband, he was an actor. He didn't have that stability of like nine to five job like I had. And I was kind of climbing up the the ladder for physical therapy. And, but I was struck when I went to a yoga retreat by this woman who had traveled around the world with her husband biking for six years. And oh I just God, sat there and I was them together? just the two of them. Did, and she I write like, a book or, did she write a book or anything? She didn't. And I was talking to her and she said, wow. yeah, but Laura, you know, everybody, all my, you know, my peers at this age, they have houses. They ha- we don't even have a car. I was like, but you have an experience that is priceless. So I came home and I told my husband that, and he's like, well, let's do it. And I was like, well, well, I was just telling you the story, you know, but anyway, we ended up, we biked, we didn't bike around the world, but we, we biked cross country, but I had to quit my no job to way. do that. Yeah. No way. You we, get, found uh, many, kit, we found a kit, we found a kit, 
Yeah. Uh, we, it was 11. We went from, we kind of did a not, you know, it took us three months. We did 40, almost 4,400 miles, camped in a, you know, tent. But that entire experience, what it taught yeah, me. Yeah, you, you were camping in tents. Yeah, we did it like full on. I mean, you know, cooking, you know, uh, over like our little, little stove every night, everything. Yeah. yeah. So we were, but what it taught me, and you, you, this is getting to, to how you live, is that you need so little to actually be happy. It was so, so simple. And this actually simplicity is happiness. It's well, when we layer all this shit on there and we right. think we need this. We need to buy this. We need to have this. We, and it, we were, it was so simple. It was so beautiful. And that's yeah, the message every, like you. Yeah. Everything gets lost. Everything disappears. I, I, I don't want to uh, butcher it because it's such a powerful quote from uh, the movie Fight Club. So I'm not going to say it, but he basically, it's, it's basically the things that we, the things that we own end up owning you. He says it in a very, very powerful and Brad Pitt-esque, you know? He yeah, says it yeah. way better yeah. than my goofy ass is doing it, but. It, it hits you deep when he says it, but it's true. It's like you buy all these things that you don't need, but once you have it, you think that you need it. And when you need something, it owns you, right? Yeah. It just, it, it really is the life of a millimeter. Mil- yeah, can you say it for me? Mil- mil- <laughs> millennial. Millennial? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, like, is he saying militant millennial? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, I get very uh, yeah. tongue tied to those words. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just to, Having as little as possible, I think, is the best way to be as happy as possible, honestly. I know. And we're sold this, you know, corporations are benefiting from us being insecure and fearing, you know, because they're going to sell, you know, oh, this is, you don't have this, but, you know, you don't look like this, you don't, whatever, you can buy it, you can buy it. And the the thing is, and I say this a lot in my yoga, I said, the good and bad news is nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. You can't buy it. You know, you can add on to it, but you have to be so in alignment with what really matters. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, getting back to the animals, I think we learn so much from them because, you know, especially dogs, you go in one room, they don't see you for five minutes. You come back and they're like, oh, where have you been? I mean, just this yeah. unbridled joy and enthusiasm that we have somehow lost. And right. when you express it, like, I love that you just said that to the guy on the ski lift. Like, so how many people would even acknowledge that? Like, he probably loved hearing that. But for you to even say, wow, I am so thrilled to have you hear that. How much yeah. do you feel like living with animals, living with the dogs the way you do, just helps self-generate this stuff? It, it helps a lot. Like, the thing is, is that my dogs, because of how many there are. How many do you have? We have, I believe, 11 right now. And for everybody and, who's listening, they're all lying very, like, they're just resting. They're so, so well yeah, no, they're, all, they're all just passed out behind me. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. We, we all are just, we're so in tune. And it's so interesting because, like, it, look, I mean, five years ago, if I met someone and they told me they lived with 11 dogs, I wouldn't be impressed. I'd be like, you're probably a fucking weirdo. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I, I so... It, it's great to have the support that I have because we don't get a lot of like judge. It's really nice. But like what you just said, for anyone who's listening, they're all just quiet behind me. We have such a beautiful bond and understanding. Like they don't get, we get, we get hot. when we're up and running around, it's like, we're just in sync. I, I can't explain. Like right now they know that I'm on this call with you. Like they know, like it's not the time, you know? So I'm constantly in this, 
space of gratitude. Like I'm constantly, when I'm with them, I feel grateful that they're with me. When I'm not with them, I feel grateful that I'm going to come home to my family, my dogs that are waiting for me. And I'm in this constant, you know, they say, which I believe you, you can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. Mm. Not possible. The, the, the right. two recipes don't mix. And when I'm with people, I want to do my best to express that gratitude, express that energy, and to take it to a higher standard to transfer it. I, I really believe that we can transfer energy. You know, sometimes you're around people that just make you feel good. They don't have to say anything. And then unfortunately, you have the opposite effect. There's some people you're just like, I don't know, man, I just get bad vibes, you know? And I think it's important, like how you said, how I told you that story, me next to that guy, I was feeling selfish, which is okay. You can be selfish. It's, it's, a, it's a key to happiness. I was feeling selfish. I didn't want to transfer that energy, but his energy influenced me enough to transfer mine and open up. And it, it always goes, I do believe a lot of that does go back to my animals, my dogs, because I, I can't like, you know, let's say I'm down. One of them comes up to, always. If I'm feeling down, one of them or all, all of them will come up to me and, you know, to give me love and affection. When one of them, if I feel like they're sad or maybe they're not feeling well, I physically, like spiritually transfer my energy to, you know, let them feel how much I love them and that I'm there for them, especially the older ones so that they feel safe. I'm almost like used to that now. Like it's a part of my life to feel that way. So yeah, to, in, a simple, in a simple response to your <laughs> simple question, sorry, I would say that yes, my dogs influence my everyday emotional state so much in, in, in the best way possible. It's a great question. Well, thank you. And I love your response. And what I love is that you are, you know, a lot of animal people, because I'm one of them. I've met so many animal people over the time. And some are just very focused. And it's like, they're really just, they can't translate that with that harmonious, beautiful, loving energy that they experience with their animals to humans and are kind of like, animals are my gig. I don't like humans that much. And I think that you know, what we should, what animals are teaching us all the time is that giving, giving is receiving. And we have, and I love how you are taking that and energy and bringing it to humans as well. Because as the animals know, they're so wise, we need it the most. <laughs> you right. know? Um, none of us are like Labradors or whatever animal, you know, whatever dog that just is just going to come up and no matter what, going to just come to you, just come to you. And just all they want to do is to be seen, you know, and right. we as humans want the same thing, but our ego gets in the way, you know, and, and we don't ask for those things in the same way. And then over time, I think we, be some become very hardened. So what you, what you're doing is really showing people the energy you're showing with your own energy, how you can be as a human how you can 100%. be you know loving and open vulnerable all the things like when when you lost your dog recently which i'm so so sorry about Thank i you. i know that that heartache so well and it it's the most awful feeling but being vulnerable and being and and showing you know you were at the same time grateful for for the for the life that you had together yeah how i definitely was and i am i uh i miss her terribly and i, I ne never have i been impacted i've lost animals before of course but never i mean we just going back to talking about how life is short you know this this dog her name was stella you know she was just five four or five years old 
the leader of the pack, the strongest, strongest dog I've ever seen or had. Beautiful pit bull on every level, just an amazing dog. And I always said, you know, just talking with my friend, you know, Stella will live the longest. I used to joke that she would outlive me. And look, you know, one day, Thursday, Thursday, she's running on the beach with me and we're, we're playing and we're having the best day ever. And then Friday, she can really walk, you know, it, it, it goes like that. And I, going back to you talking about being vulnerable, you know, I do that because especially, you know, things are changing, but it's going to be a while till we actually see the change, but things are changing. But, you know, people are taught, especially men to not show your emotions and to always display confidence. You know, and I, and I just think that's such a, that's just such bullshit. You know, everybody, the, the strongest woman, the strongest man, every human being experiences every emotion. There's no emotion. There's no unique emotion. <laughs> there, there are no unique emotions. Everyone has experienced all of them. And I think that the more that we are able to express those and, sh- and show those, like, I think, isn't it weird that it is, it's weird that for someone to show you know, vulnerability to show these mo- that it's like, uh, that, that it's applauded. Right. Yeah. Because it shows like, you it's not, it's not common. Right. I know. Right, like, why, why am I being applauded? Like, you, you have felt it. You just didn't show like what, what, what can happen? What can hurt by, by being vulnerable? And, and of course you can have your, your bullies and your trolls, but these people, they, they shouldn't affect your life. It, it's not about, we shouldn't do things for how people will react towards me. We should do things so how it affects the people that it needs to affect, right? Right. When Stella passed away, I really, really opened up. But part of the reason I opened up was really in respects to her, I think, because I just never realized, like, I always knew I loved her, uh, of course. She was like my child. But because she was like the leader of the pack and so strong and very, very stubborn in the most beautiful way, you know, I had that like... Like I didn't have to exp- like let, let her know how important she was to me every day. My re- it, it has truly just changed my relationship with my dogs now, honestly, in, in, in an even better way. But um, yeah. How, how sorry, so? I, I, Would you I, say I her a lot. no? How? Huh? I know. I'm. I'm sorry. That's, okay. It's yeah. How so? How how did it change your relationship with your dogs? I used to really think that. Let, let, let me think about how to word it because I haven't been asked the question, this question yet. I haven't discussed it. So let me think about how to word it. Well, also tell me about how, how did they react to her, Stella dying? Yeah, they, they, they knew. It's interesting how dogs are because you, there's a lot, of pe- a lot of people who have like two dogs or three dogs and they're very close. And when one dog goes, there's a shift. But because of the size of the pack, they all rely on me. Not that I'm the alpha or anything like that, but I'm the only one that takes them on these adventures. I'm the only one that feeds them. So their, their concern isn't actually so much each other. Some of them have very, very interesting bonds. Like if one, if one cries, they'll get protected. Like they, they definitely stick together. But they didn't really have... They didn't mourn Stella's passing because they saw that I was the one that needed the comfort. They, you know what I'm saying? So they, yes. they were really there for me. But I would say how, like, how my relationship with my dogs have, have changed. We ha- we're, we're more in tune now. Like we're, 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 we're closer. There's more of an understanding. But not only that, I've actually done a much better job 
at truly expressing my gratitude to them. Like I, I regretted like not telling Stella, I would tell her, I love you. Just like everyone, like, Oh, I love you so much. You know, regular, all the cute stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I never just like, just said, I want, you know, I want you to know how much I, just like what you would, you would say to somebody, I believe dogs feel that energy. Just, I wish I could just tell her one more time, like how proud I am of her and how, how she just was just so impressive and so beautiful and so loved. And I know it sounds like a little deep, like, why wow, you say that to a dog, but it's true. She just meant, meant and means so much to me. And now I do that with my dogs. Like I let them know every day, like, I just love you so much. And you are such a good boy or such a good girl. And I really let them feel that. that that's one of the bigger changes I would say. And we really are just ultimately closer. We just have like a very, we're just closer now. It's cool. Now, that's beautiful. First of all, that is beautiful. It made me think of how grief, like I, lo- I, my dad died and he was just my hero. And sorry. Oh, thank you. When was this? February will be two years. Oh I've goodness. talked about a lot of my podcasts. I cry all the time. People are oh. used to me crying. I cry over joy and sadness. That's but beautiful. Y- yeah, it is. And you know, the thing about that, I, that was so wonderful that I was so grateful for is that there wasn't anything unsaid, you know, with my dad. And, and I think that, but it does also give you the sense of like, I don't want anything to be unsaid with anyone that I love animal or human. Um, And that is, I I hope again, more people take that in. And as they're listening now, listen to, to the things that you've said there. Yeah. I just, I just rebuilt, reconnected with my father. We had a, we didn't have such a good relationship recently. He stayed with me for a week. I, I could say probably one of the top three things I'm most grateful for in my life to be able to let go and more importantly, accept, you know, who he is and understand that we all are who we are. And at the end of the day, what's important is we all need to remember that people are doing what they believe is best. No one is doing something to, it's people's intentions that we need to give credit to. I'm really, it, it, he's a, uh, He's getting up there in age and he's had he's had a couple heart attacks. You know, like we said, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. And I'm really happy that now at this point, there would be no regrets and no remorse as well, of course. It, I, I, would, I would feel very good about how we uh, handle things. And and it's all we went from talking like once every couple months to, you know, now every week. Yes. And so for I I, I received so many messages after my dad died and and I it really revealed to me how how it is very common uh, I would say no at least doubt. half the people had some kind of fracture in their relationship and they said oh I wish I had had that and I think your point is that we have to, yeah we have to meet people including our parents where they are you know that our biggest job is and I say this to my kids all the time you can only be responsible for yourself and people's own action are only a reflection of all the things that are happening or and yeah. have happened and that they haven't maybe even dealt with. So yeah, to have no regrets over your own behavior is the, the ultimate goal, you know? Yeah. Such a hard thing. It's so easy to say, mm-hmm. but it's like it's such a hard thing. You know, when you when you feel like you act a certain way or you know, you hear people say like you hear people say like, I would never do that. Or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it's so easy to immediately not understand someone's world or not even try to. Talked about happiness earlier, besides gratitude, but untruly, not just knowing it, not just like, not like quoting it, but 
but truly living that way, knowing that you can only control your reaction and your decisions and actions and not other people and not try to, and even to go a step closer to success is not trying to change people. Cause that's, what's so frustrating. You know, you, you're trying to change someone. You don't get why they wouldn't change. This is so easy. Just do this. Just think this way. Just act this way. It's, it's a, a recipe for disaster. It is. And I think for people that are in any kind of relationships, whether it's romantic or parents, yeah, learn early that you can't change them, but you can change your response. And in that, little by little, there can be, especially somebody like a parent that you're, it's not a partner that you may or may not, you know, marry or something, but with a, a long-term relationship that you really want to continue, it's like you've got to, you can only change your response to their behavior, but you can't change right. their behavior. So getting back to your dogs, can you tell us what a daily life, what's daily life like? Like, do you have a schedule, a routine? Yeah, Uh, roughly, no pun intended. (laughs) But like, you know, they, right now, our routine has changed a little bit because right now, not to fast forward to future plans, but uh, we recently acquired 24 acres of land in Oregon to build an animal sanctuary. Beautiful. So we're in the, we're in the process of doing that. So now I've, every day is, it's taking me a lot of time to pack and, you know, I have all the developers and builders there and I'm here. So I'm trying to figure everything out. But even with that, every day I wake up, drink a glass of water. My dogs, my dogs are stay in bed while I do what I need to do in the morning. They're late sleepers, all of them. And they, there's dog beds in my room and I have a bed big enough. So all of them, except for Tony, because he doesn't like walking upstairs, sleep upstairs with me. And then from there, once they're finally ready to get out of bed, we always go on some little adventure. Not, nothing major, but I, it's very important for the pack and I to constantly do things as a unit, as a team. So we go to... And we don't do dog parks because that's... It's, it's just not... Something it's a recipe for, for disaster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried, I, <laughs> Talk I tried about you can't control other people's behavior. It, it, that's exactly... <laughs> exa- I'm not worried about my dogs at all. Yeah. But yeah, we always find somewhere beautiful. We're, we currently live in Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe, California. And there's just so much forest and national forest and just open land for us to just go explore. And we do that every day for uh, about 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer. The rest of the day is just work. I'm, I, I, I know a lot of people, which I would think so too, because I'm always, always Instagramming. I'm, o- I'm always posting on my stories. So a lot of people think I'm just playing with dogs all day, but I just take breaks when I need to. But I literally am at my laptop, my computer all day working or creating videos or trying to get a different deal or a different sponsor for the sanctuary. So it's definitely a full-time job. And just what a lot of people don't realize, because you know, I get I get a lot of people who get a little upset that I don't, you know, respond to respond to emails right away and all these things. And it's like, look, let's say I had nothing to do today. Let's say I didn't have anything to do. Just watching twelve dogs is a lot of work, you know. Just, yeah. So one's sixteen, one's fourteen. You know, there's all different sizes. I, I got to be on high alert all the time. I I hear a crack. I'm like, hey. What was that? <laughs> it's like so, you're a school you're like a school teacher on all the time. Like I can't exactly. let, yeah, I can't go and do my emails because there's there's children I need to attend to. Exactly. And they're probably gonna be fine. But so what uh what do you like what do you want to do with this sanctuary? Do you, are you gonna run it? Are you gonna get somebody else to run it? 
Both. How are you going to no, get I, animals I'm, there? Yeah. Tell yeah, me about absolutely. it. Well, you know, I currently spend, well, it's because of COVID this year, I didn't spend as much time, but usually what the Asher house is about is we travel the country in a school bus, the dogs and I, and we meet our fans all across the country, as well as hosting meet and greets slash adoption events. Each meet and greet is an adoption event. So that's how we've gotten over 700 dogs adopted thus far, just, just at our adoption events alone. Um, with COVID, you know, it was actually, we talked about my dog that passed. It was actually Stella who inspired me to find the sanctuary. I was, I wanted to do something in her name. And it was like a five-year plan that I just said, again, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I felt like this is the perfect time because I don't know how we're going to be able to travel and what's going to happen in the next year or two. So we, de- we have 25 acres. The plan is to eventually expand it. There's 150 acres that surround it that, you know, maybe in, in five, 10 years, we can get to that level. But we're going to have dogs, cats, horses, pigs, goats, you name it. We'll have so many animals. It is, going, it is such a beautiful place. It's, it's right on a river. There's, mm. It's forest and land. And it's just really the perfect place for animals. I, like, any type of animal, it would be their absolute paradise. Now, when you are traveling around, is one of your missions to also talk about not buying dogs, but or 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 cats, but I think dogs are probably bought a lot more because there's so many different pedigrees. Or is that even in your discussion? Are you are you focused more on hey rescue? There's so because there's so many in shelters. I mean, I for one would love to get rid of the you know the puppy mills dog industry because we know how many um, wonderful shelter dogs who also might be purebred. It's not about the breed, but it's about just the culture of, of buying these pedigree dogs yeah. um, that to me, I find really disturbing. Do you talk about that or do you just kind of mainly try and focus on go to the shelters and get your dogs there? Yeah, no, of course we talk about it. For sure. I mean, anything we talk about, everything that, anything that we can to influence people to rescue. So, you know, I, I think it's really, I do believe we're heading in the right direction where I think that the puppy mill and especially puppy stores are even shutting down. And people are really opening up their eyes to at least consider rescuing. The problem with social media, what, and when I say the problem, there are many benefits. You know, there are many dogs are adopted and, and in every situation, as far as I'm not trying to get too off topic, but not just dogs, people getting saved, for, you know, through social media, GoFundMes that are like many beautiful things. But one of the bad things is people will do anything for likes and comments to, to grow. People want to feel famous. There's nothing more popular than a, than a cute puppy. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't, even with me, like, even I feel the way that I feel about animal rescue. But if I'm going through, I'm scrolling through my phone and I see this beautiful, cute puppy, purebred or not, I'm going to like, like, it's clickbait to me. You know, there's nothing, not, there's nothing that makes you feel happier than just seeing a beautiful picture of a puppy. So the, the breeding is what I think needs to be really talked about. And, People need to, what the problem is, is that people do it in such a mean way. People are very mean. Every community has its uh, fanatics, right? You got, you know, I'm plant-based, but you don't see me telling people if they eat meat, they're a bad person. Like, fucking, I hate when people do this. I hate when people put other people down for not believing what you believe. That makes you a bad person. You could be a vegan and still be the biggest fucking asshole in the world. Yeah, uh, you know you. Yes, you could. You could be an animal rescuer 
and still be the biggest fucking asshole in the world. And yep. I just, I, these culty cliques and that gang up on people, it's just terrible, terrible. I, I think it's the worst thing that's going on. And don't quote me on that, please, but it's one of the worst things that's out there. What needs to be discussed in, a, in an educational way, in a loving way, is the breeding business. The breeding business, uh, I, yes, I, if you had to compare it, it's better than going to a puppy mill for sure. Puppy mills are disgusting. Puppy stores are terrible. But I would like to see more people influence breeders in a better way to, to instead of breeding, start influencing their customers to adopt. I think that's a, a huge gap and it doesn't seem to be improving right now. Yes. And I agree with you. I'm also, I've been vegan for 19 and a half years. Yes. Not everybody oh, wow. is going to be vegan y- for 19 and a half years. Yes. Way Holy back shit. when there was no vegan cheese. <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to say that, that was, that was back. That was pure love. That... Go to a store and ask for vegan and yeah. they put you to the dairy section. <laughs> oh, they had no idea. Like, uh, I mean, no you know, I, I barely no had idea. an idea of what it was, you know, and I had been vegetarian and then all of a sudden okay. they're like, oh yeah, well, vegetarian, you know, you're actually probably doing as much harm. And I'm like, what? So, I mean, I think that times are changing for sure, but I do know from my own experience, yeah, yeah it never resonated with me because I always say like, we're, we all we're learning. The whole point is we need to evolve and, right. you know, and it's, and it goes back to our earlier conversation about acquiring things. You know, some, there isn't in your mind, like you buy, you, you know, I'd spend $1,200 on a puppy and it's this breed and has all, there's just something about that. Yes, the puppy's cute and sweet and all that. And, and of, of course, there are certain breeds I know that are really amazing with children, et cetera. But we are buying, quote unquote, into this whole thing. And what we need to say is like, animals are not a product for us to decide there's a hierarchy. You know, every animal deserves to live um, without suffering and so many deserve, they deserve homes. We, we know yeah. that the, the rate it's, it's, of... They yeah. have true emotion, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like if you, if they're... But let's just keep it within the USA because if we, if we go broad, then there's an argument here that I, I don't think that this is the topic to go down. So let's keep it within the USA. If, you, if, in, if within the USA, right, there are a bunch of children in cages that needed homes, Right, if there were yep. a bunch of children in cages that needed homes, that didn't understand why they were there, that didn't do anything wrong, they were just in these cages up for adoption. Imagine how people would feel not trying to do something to help these kids. Right, every I feel like the whole like unless it was normal, right, unless we were born that like, but if that all of a sudden happened, I just feel like a lot of people, hopefully. <laughs> a lot of people would come together to figure out a solution, right? But when it comes to animals, people don't feel that way. So the reason I bring that up is you have these dogs, puppies, middle-aged and and grown adult dogs in these cages with no family. Why, if you know that these dogs don't have a family and are actually, can possibly be executed because they don't have a family, why go to an area, why go to someone who, where this puppy is in this perfect house, you know, you're taking this puppy away from a family. Why take a dog away from a family when there's a dog that doesn't have a family that needs you so much more? 
Mm. And that's something that I just will never understand. And people have all their reasonings. You know, they say, oh, well, I really wanted a golden retriever. I really wanted this specific breed. And honestly, I know it sounds like I'm being judgmental, but I'm not because like, like what we talked about earlier, we can't change people. And if that's someone's view of the world, that's going to be their blueprint. Like it is what it is. But for me, I just wish people would understand that there literally is not a breed you can't rescue. There's just so much, instead of saying so much to be learned, because I almost kind of look like that's condescending. There's so much to be taught, you know, people's, uh, people's um, like beliefs about pit bulls. They don't realize that they were literally bred to be babysitters. Like, it's all, there's just so many things. The I nanny dog. I know they were nannies. They were the Nanny. little and, original and, and nannies. Yeah. yeah. So. No, it's true. And I, it brings up something interesting and I think it really, really encapsulates you. And it's, it's like the conversations people will have when they meet you. One of the first things like second or third question is what do you do? And when I, when you're meet when you're meeting up with a dog on a dog path or something and you meet, one of the first questions is, what kind of dog is it? What breed is that? And I always think those are two interesting questions. A, I'm not defined by what I do. And how about right. like, you know, where do you live? How you know, all, all these kind of like, what are you interested in? Tell me about yourself. But what do you do is just become, and there's nothing wrong with asking that question because it can lead into a lot of other questions. But I think we've just been kind of conditioned to like, what do you do? Tell me about it. And, and then this yeah. all of this exchange. And then I'll meet I have a rescue dog and he is just gorgeous, just gorgeous. I don't, you know, he's just like, he looks like a little tiger and they'll be like, what kind of, what kind of breed is that? And I'm like, he's a beautiful breed. He's a mixed breed. He's a rescue dog and it's the best. And I think it's again that like we have these kind of hierarchies that we have been conditioned. It's not, you know, it's not any one person like, you know, what you do has a certain hierarchy what kind sure. of breed? And I think let's just break all of that. And let's just look, work on happy and gratitude filled people, you know, and um, good, good luck with that. That sounds lovely. <laughs> doesn't it? I know it'll be my mission I, for life. <laughs> I support your mission. I'll, I'll count me in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Lee, where can I, I'm sure many of the listeners have heard of you, but can you tell a little bit about like uh, where people can find you, how they can donate to your organization and et cetera. Yeah. yeah thanks for, um, there's a lot of information on our website. It's just theasherhouse.com. If you prefer Instagram or if you prefer Facebook, we're on both of those, The Asher House. If you wanted a little bit more of exclusive content and kind of a, an inside look of what we're all about, it, it, it's more controversial, but it, it's a lot of fun. We have a Patreon community where we have a private Instagram account for everyone, almost a thousand Wait, why, members. Why is it controversial? <laughs> is it because it um, costs money? I, I, tell, I, I, I like people... Like when I rant, like just you and I talking, when I go live and I, I talk about these things, I, I have to kind of like, I'll, I'm at a, usually at a level 10 and on regular Instagram, I need to keep it at like a six or a seven with Patreon. I really want them to like, like, so, like someone said today that they, they, they sent me an, a nice message, but they let me know they can no longer be a Patreon because they were offended. So like, like I, I get, I get pretty. You're on. It's the unfiltered Lee. <laughs> it, it like, but and I'm already unfiltered, right? Wait, but where are you from originally, Lee? I was born in New York and I was raised in Florida. Oh my gosh! So you're like a New York Jew. I am a New York Jew. My, right? I mean, I'm, uh, my, I'm married to a New York Jew. I'm, hey. I'm a Protestant from the South. So I love right. you guys, but I know what it's like. You, there's just 
things you got that a lot of passion. You, you got a lot of passion. You're you're like a ten. I love it. And that's you're, the thing this, is like I so when it. <laughs> There'll be things that I want to express on Instagram, on my regular social media. There, there are things that I want to express and I have to, right? I just have to. So instead, I just release that energy on my Patreon. And I mean, literally 99.9.9 of them, they fucking love it. We, we are literally, yeah. we're a family. It's like, we have this thing. And then it's usually like the newcomers who are like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I, I think it's good to like... uh my husband's the same way. Like just, you know, bring up things that other people might not talk about, like, and yeah. say it full on. Why, why, uh, be so, you know, I've learned a lot from this him. conversation. It's just, yeah. it's just, they're just words, you know, they're just yeah. words. Let, express them however you want. That's how I feel. Just fucking say yeah. what you gotta say. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think that is probably one of the highlights of, or one of the themes here of our conversation is say, say more things, communicate more, and be grateful. And every day is, you know, live it to its fullest. Yeah. And I really just remember, I know people can be difficult. I, I know, especially during these times, people can be difficult. But again, just like what you said, which I love, you, you can't control people. You can't change them. It's about how you respond. And there's never, uh, again, I, I know I'm being vague, but there, there usually aren't many reasons for us to, to not be kind. You know, we could say, well, they insulted me. Well, they did this. Well, it's like, but when we can take the high road and and be the change that we want to see in the world, that's the only way we're going to see it is by being that person. I love that. That's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for your time, Lee. You're so, you you know, yeah, I love what you're doing. Um, Keep it up. I love your animals. And I hope we get to meet someday. I am going to come out to Oregon. And, and go to, the, to, go to your sanctuary. Now, Absolutely. And after what you said about your husband, I would love to meet him. I, I really oh, you'll love him. Well. Oh my gosh, yeah, you guys would be that. two peas in a pod. He is, um, <laughs> he's funny. He's a funny one. Uh, right, as long thank as you, the Lee. three of us are matching. Yes. Oh, and he'll wear this. He wears pink all the time. That's the other thing. I'm like, I love it. He's wearing pink, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Lee. And thank you all for listening. And as always, I'm pulling for you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.